Welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, what happened to your voice? I have been sick, and I'm starting to feel better, but my voice is still not 100%. Wow. And, and what's odd is that when Dark Discussions podcast episode comes out, um, you were just beginning to get sick. So oddly, this one will come out before that episode, and you'll sound worse here than you did on uh, the new Dark Discussions. Right. And, it, and in between, my voice was gone completely. Wow. Well, hopefully you're feeling better and uh, glad that you could join us. Thank you. Uh, and in the state of New York. This is Mike. Mike, how's it going, sir? I, I don't have nearly as good a story as Eric does. True, true. Well, it depends on what good means, but yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, everything's fine over here. Very Looking good. forward to the holiday break. Yep, yep, that's right. Uh, in the U.S. of A, there's uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, which some folks... Uh, may consider the the best holiday at all of all, but I do, I do yeah. too. It's, yeah, but I uh, I do want our our listeners who are not Americans to understand that even if they're not Americans, they can go out and celebrate this weekend as well by beating people up at their local supermarkets and stores and no, oh, right. no, looking for no, all the best stop. deals. That's that's how we Americans celebrate. The, the actual holiday is meant to be thankful. For what you have, it's the next day that you go out and beat the crap out of people. That's right. And uh, if I remember right, Mike, last year, the next day, you were at Walmart at 11.45 at night uh, getting all the good deals. Right. Well, what you have to do is you wait for all the everyone to rush in, yep. right? Because you, you don't want to get trampled with them rushing in. So you wait about, oh, an hour, and then all the people are coming out, and you just run over them in a parking lot and pick up their stuff. Oh, there you go. That's make the sure way to do it. Make sure you don't run over the the items, though. You don't want to. Oh break. yeah, that's that's the hard part because you know if they're carrying like a TV, you don't right. want that breaking when it hits the ground. That's true. That's true. All right. So uh, a couple of things. Uh, house cleaning. First off, uh, Eric, you do t- a total of four podcasts and such. I do. Um, one of them is Dark Discussions. Another one is You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, Game of Thrones podcast. That we do when that's on the air, which is not right now. And then the other ones, my own podcast I do, a general interest podcast called the Ascancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on Stitcher and the iTunes Store. That's right, and that's with your buddy Dan. Yep. yep. And then, of course, the fourth one is this uh, this uh, podcast itself, the, the Westworld Podcast. Yeah, I was assuming people would figure that out. Yes, very well. And Mike... Sure. Hey, you never know. You never know. You could be right there, Mike. Uh, but a couple of things. Uh, Mike, you do three total podcasts and a genre podcast. Well, yeah, in addition to the aforementioned uh, Dark Discussions podcast, now uh, closing in on 260 episodes, uh, and the Game of Thrones, uh, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow podcast, uh, and this podcast, I also do uh, my own blog, which is Unnatural Selections, which is www.unnaturalselections.com. Excellent. Very good. Uh, for myself, I actually um, have a few uh, short stories in some horror anthology books that you can buy on uh, Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Those are probably the easiest places to find them. Uh, two of the most recent is 
Pernicious Invaders, which uh, I have one story in that, uh, a total of 20 stories by 20 different, or actually 19 different authors. Uh, one man did two stories. And uh, also includes uh, Christy Peterson Schoonover and Patrick Lacey, who are part of uh, the Dark Discussions uh, podcast. So uh, three Dark Discussions alum are in that book, Pernicious Invaders. Right now it's on sale for $10 on Amazon, which is about 33% off because it's usually a $15 book. came out on November 2nd. And the story I have in there is called Electric Youth. Uh, and then I have uh, another book that came out uh, in the fall called Pentagonal Sextet, which has a total of 30 stories, five stories by six different authors. So I have five of the 30 stories in there, and folks can go check that out on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or wherever books are found. Um, now, let's see. A couple of things. Anybody have any information or note that's science fiction or Westworldy that they wanted to mention before we just talk about the actual show itself? Well, um, speaking, speaking of movies being turned into TV series, and what is one of the biggest head-scratchers of the year, uh, they, uh, there, is, there is word that they are turning last uh, – was it last year's or two years ago? Um, sleeper hit uh, Snowpiercer into a TV series. Oh, interesting. Right. Snowpiercer is a science fiction uh, slash horror thriller apocalyptic type uh, movie that – yeah, that has a international cast directed by a Korean director and uh, written by an American screenwriter, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, very, very interesting film. Uh, a lot of folks liked it, though some people were scratching their head wondering what the hell that movie was all about because it is very bizarre in a sense. Um, yeah, that is interesting, Mike. Um, very curious. Any opinion on that, Mike? Uh, well, I'm wondering, like, is it going to be, like, season two, the dining car? I mean, I don't, um, you know, it's, look, I, I'm, I am, and I've said this on, on our main podcast before, that I thought a Hannibal TV series was a silly idea. I thought a Norman Bates TV series was a silly idea. Uh, those have both been really, really good. Oh, the Exorcist TV series I thought was a bad idea. That's been really good. So I'm I'm just going to shut up about how stupid I think these ideas are because clearly the people doing them generally have a better idea of how to do it. And if I can think of the the, the issues with um uh, with turning a action film set on a train into, you know, an hour-long TV series, you know, I'm sure that the creators behind the show are, are have already thought of those things and they've probably hopefully got a bigger picture in mind. So and I'll Eric. be curious. Yeah, okay. And Eric, you were going to say something about it? Um, I was not a big fan of the movie, so I doubt I'll watch the TV series. Very well. And you said you had something, too, that you wanted to mention? Um, I know last time we talked, uh, the news had come out that Westworld was renewed for season two. Uh, did we? Was the news out yet that it had been confirmed 10 episodes? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, well, but if it, it hadn't, it's... it has now. Oh, all right. So, so they're going to do a whole uh, uh, season then, not a, a part season or anything of that nature. Yes, but it might be delayed. Yeah, to 2018, they're saying, right? Yep, yep. Right. And, and Mike, I think you mentioned that you hope if it is delayed by 2018, it's only like 
a 14 or 15 month thing and not literally two years. Right, that it's going to come out like January or February. Because remember, Game of Thrones used to come out in February, right? Right. And they keep pushing that back and back. So maybe they want something to fill up the 10 weeks of February, March, April before Game of Thrones comes back. Right, right. No, that's a, that's a good point. And I know Leftovers, uh, season three is coming. And then uh, I don't know what's going to happen after that. I think that's going off the air after three seasons. So it'll be curious what HBO does. Uh, Mike, also, um, since I think you're more familiar than Eric. Well, actually, you Eric, you read a lot. So you may actually know more than Mike about it. But uh, uh, I think uh, Heinlein is having a, a miniseries based off of some of his books, possibly, too. Or not as miniseries, but a television series. Did you guys hear about that? I did, yeah. Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah, Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's curious too. Uh, I don't, I don't know what that means. It's been a long time since I read that book, but that's that's that was probably that's almost certainly his biggest book, with the possible exception of Starship Troopers. Um, I really like Heinlein stuff. What's the one about? uh, Is a Stranger in a Strange? Is that the Moon one? The one about the Moon? No, that's no, uh, that's a different one. Yeah, what the heck's that one? I forget. I can't remember the name of it. Stranger in a Strange Land um, is is a story of um, like an alien who comes to Earth. Um, well, a human who comes to Earth, but he was raised by Martians. So okay, that's interesting. All right, all right. So uh, yeah, the one I was thinking of, uh, I forget the name of it exactly, but it's about the about um, uh, a rebellion or something on on the moon from people who. Are miners or something, but uh, that's obviously a different book. I can't find I can't find a title off the offhand. But uh, either way, um, all right. So that that's curious too. So science fiction seems like it's coming back. I mean, uh, the moon the moon is a harsh mistress. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the one. So I always get that one uh, confused with the stranger and the strange by the titles. Don't ask me how, but I somehow confuse the two. Um, what else? Oh, uh, Arrival. I, I think you saw it too, Mike. Right? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what did you think of it, Mike? I liked it. A little bit yeah. of a slow burn, but I liked it. It's uh, definitely a little bit of a mind-fucking movie uh, for people who are – it's not going to have a very straightforward narrative, but – Yep. No, I, I thought it was good, too. Yeah, so that's uh, – people who like hard, hard science fiction or uh, science fiction in general, uh, that's a couple, some good stuff that is coming out anyway. Our t- one arrivals at the theaters now and then the two TV shows that are curious whenever – or if they ever are made, who knows? But just uh, be aware that it's much more contact than ET or Independence Day. Yes, arrivals. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yep. So, um, all right. Uh, any other further things? Anybody? Nope. All right. I guess we can get into our episode for tonight, uh, which is uh, episode eight of Westworld. Uh, Trace DK is the name of it. Uh, I looked that up, and that simply means forgetting. Uh, trace is basically a memory, and decay is uh, forgetting the memory. Uh, and that's what that means. Um, it was written by Lisa Joy Nolan and a guy named Charles Yu. Charles Yu is a science fiction author. Uh, he's written uh, a book called... Um, how to Live Safely in a Science Fiction Universe. And that is actually a um, 
a uh, fictional book, even though it sounds more like it's a nonfiction story. Uh, and it was highly regarded by his colleagues. Uh, anyway, if not necessarily, uh, people out in the real world who read books. Uh, he also has had a number of short story collections as well. Uh, and he is from Los Angeles. And then the director is a guy named Stephen Williams. Stephen Williams is a Canadian, uh, director who's done like humongous amounts of television. He's been in directing television for over 23 years, uh, including numerous episodes of Lost. He did, uh, an episode of The Walking Dead, uh, season six. Uh, he's done, um, Crossing Jordan, uh, Dark Angel, and on and on and on it goes on. It's just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, he did, I think, How to Get Away with Murder. He did some episodes. He did an episode of The Walking Dead, uh, which was uh, Here, Not Here last season, was the, the Morgan backstory episode um, that a lot of fans seem to like. So there's a lot of different ones that he's done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, that's what he's done. And uh, that's pretty much the only information behind the episode. Uh, however, last week's episode, um, episode 7, I had 1.75 million viewers in the U.S. Uh, that watched the show at least during um, its one-hour run, whether they watched it right from the beginning or picked it up on HBO Now or Go. So the since the season low of episode 5 of 1.49, uh, it has slowly been going back up. Um, and then Trace Decay is to be determined. Uh, the numbers aren't in just yet. Uh, Westworld is a television show originating from the great and uh, past Michael Crichton and based off of his movies, movie uh, Westworld from the 70s. All right, so uh, that's pretty much it. Um, so let's go around and discuss what we thought of this episode. Um, I guess I'll start. I, I usually haven't started recently. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a solid episode. Um, it was really good, um, even though there's some of the some minor quibbles. It's uh, still one of the... Uh, I guess better episodes of the season. Um, I must say, though, this episode, along with the very ending of last episode, has made me honestly is surprising, and I now don't know how I feel about the sh television show as a whole. But I can't say I like any character anymore on the show. I think they literally, in an hour and fifteen minutes of television, made me now look at every character on a television show and dislike them all. So I, I don't know what that says, at least for me. I don't know about anybody else or even you, Mike. Don't you, you talk are. shit about my Elsie. Well, she's not, she's kind of not, hasn't been around for a while. So I, I guess I, I she's really fine. Don't. She's fine. I guess I can't count her, but, um, out of all the people in the past four episodes, not including Elsie or oh, the whole season, not including Elsie, who's disappeared from the show. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I feel about any of the characters except uh, at least somewhat negative about all of them. Um, what about you, Eric? What's your opinion of this episode? How did you enjoy it and so forth? I liked it. Not quite as much as last episode. Um, 
if anybody can tell me what the song on the piano at the beginning was. Oh, it's a great song. I'll be it's, forever grateful because I couldn't pull the I, title out of my head. I got it, my friend. I, I will tell you. It is by the animals, and it is the house of the rising sun. Yeah, okay. Thank you. It's driving well, me crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, was singing along, I was singing along with it, but I can't fucking tell you what the title is. Um, it's it's actually a cover by them. They didn't actually, uh, even though they're the one that made it famous. But either way, go on. I'm sorry. Gotcha. No, I really like this episode. Uh, I think Maeve is now my official favorite storyline. Um, yeah. So I kind of get what you're saying, Phil, about unlikable characters, but it doesn't bug me as much as it bugs you. Because uh, I can I can root for an evil character. So. Yeah, no, that's true. I can too. It's just that uh, it's curious how, for me anyway, how... 180 everything happens in an hour and a 15 minutes of of a 10 hour television show it was kind of funny how it, that all worked out at least for me so uh very good uh, mike by the way we can totally hear you cracking a beer yeah actually it was a, it was a diet pepsi <laughs> believe it or not okay yeah um last week it was uh when we did uh dark discussions it was a beer narragansett which quint drinks mm. but t- tonight it's just a diet pepsi mike this was a, a solid episode it was a packed episode there was a lot of stuff going on uh, and i paused the episode about halfway through expe- and i actually expected it to be and i was watching it through hbo go so i paused the episode while i'm watching it i wasn't paying attention at the time i thought it was near the end in fact it was only 30 minutes through in so we we're only halfway there so it just it seemed like a long episode only because there was so much, I think, going on, so much to process. Um, Eric, I, I got bad – I th- might might be bad news for you. I don't know if you were paying attention because I know you ha- weren't feeling well. Um, they kind of might have confirmed that Elsie might not be coming back anymore. You shut your mouth. Just saying. She's uh, fine. Okay. I don't want to – I'll wait until we get into spoilers, but uh, – you know, it's, uh, I don't know, the internet seems to be confirming it, because I wasn't sure I saw what I thought I saw, but it seems He's like fine. I saw So just saying. Um, I don't know about how unlikable the characters are. I mean, some of them are. Um, I'm certainly capable of liking unlikable characters, and at least enjoy watching them be unlikable. Uh, but, again, it's it's hard, because we're not sure yet who is and who is not human. And so, for example, Bernard, has we know, is a murderer now, but I find it hard to blame Bernard for being a murderer because it's something he was programmed to be, uh, and he doesn't seem to be all that happy about it. Can't blame, I, I find it hard to blame Bernard for being a murderer since he was, he was he's not bad, he was just drawn that way, right? That's what he was programmed to be. Um, and he doesn't seem to be all that happy about having been a murderer. Yeah, that's um, true. So, you know, I find him still a sympathetic character. In fact, I may find him even more sympathetic now because, you know, he's totally under uh, Hannibal Lecter's thumb. I hope um, he ends up on Team Maeve. Yeah, I still don't know what to make of the new uh, – I can't remember what her name Caroline? No. Who is the uh, the executive officer? The uh, Clementine? No. Clementine's in, in, the, in the can. The, the black oh, Charlotte. Is. Charlotte, that's it. So I don't still don't know what to think of her and what her role is going to be, if it's going to be anything substantial at all. Um, let me see. So I'm trying to think. I just, we still don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what to make of William. Um, we know that there's theories out there about William is the man in black. The man in black is William. But that hasn't been confirmed yet. And we'll see. 
And we're only getting bits and pieces of Dolores' story, so I'm really not sure where to go with that. And we are getting, uh, I don't know if this is going to be a bigger part now for the Hemsworth brother, uh, whose name I keep forgetting. The security guard. Yeah, the security guard. I forget his name. Because, because now he has a chance to go investigate things on his own and go find a abandoned warehouse in the middle of Westworld and get his neck snapped in, uh, neck snapped in the middle of the night. Right, right. Yeah, his his name is uh, uh, Ashley Stubbs. Stubbs, that's it. And he began with an S. Yep. So, yeah, I'll be. I, so I I still have characters here. I can. Oh, and I can still root for Maeve. Oh, you can. Yeah, I don't see why I can't. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. In theory, you can root for anybody you want, Mike. That's true. Well, what did what did she do that was so bad this week? Um, she sliced someone's throat, and she. Yeah, the guy that just tried to kill her. Rightfully so, because she's the one that's going to try to kill all the humans and take over the world. No, she wasn't. That's not what she wants. Well, that's not what she says she wants. Well, okay, fair point. Yeah, well, and and I think there was a a bit of, I don't know, it's just... uh, it was it was just a very violent thing, and, and as a result, she can be probably be prone to violence. I'm I'm very concerned. Oh, Phil, founder of the Dark Discussions podcast, is bothered by the violence. No, not not the violence, but the 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 character may be dangerous to humans. In other words, if if I oh was right in now, that, I think she's dangerous to everyone. Not well, not like that's not what like I mean. that that yeah. great pacifist Travis Bickle. That's a fair point, Mike. <laughs> but but he was he was a little yeah. All right, that's a fair point. But well, but, I mean, the only things we've seen her do is kill someone accidentally, and it was just a robot anyway. By and, 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 and she did let Felix save them, and and right, and then she not only let him but kind of told him to do it. So, but Mike, you got to remember, I did say that Travis Bickle should be uh, would get first degree murder of, of like five times over. So it's not yeah, like, but, I, but, you, but, you, but you certainly enjoy watching him. Oh, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy watching Meve do as she did. I'm just saying that it disturbed me to the point where I think she's a bad guy, or possibly will, and therefore, um, if I happen to be in that world, I would say, all right, we gotta, we gotta do something. Well, it's interesting. Um, it's worth having a conversation about. Is she really a bad guy? Because all she wants is to be free. Well, that's a fair point, Eric. Um, but I don't think she she's using a lot of intimidation, and she didn't have to um, attempt to murder, even if if she say she had him be saved at the end, um, because I th- I think it shows a tendency to be more off the reels than a true, true freedom fighter. I, I, I disagree. I think she acted the way that her increased bulk app perception helped her come to determine that she needed to. Cause you'll notice she treats Felix completely differently, but she lied to Felix. Did she? That's what Felix said. Yes. About what? That you said you wouldn't do, uh, cause any harm to anybody, and she did. Oh, right, right, right. And she kind of mocked him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So fair point, I don't. Fair point. 
So we'll, we'll yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about it when we get into her storyline because I, I I guess we can go by storyline rather than scene or or any way you guys want to do it. Um, but as Mike said, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happened and a lot of things to talk about. I am uh, totally going to let you guys guide the conversation because my voice is starting to go. I'll just chime in when I feel I want to. All right, course. so well, since we're here already, then why don't we jump in with Maeve? Okay, sure. All right. Um, and the, the key thing with the Maeve storyline this week is that she gets some upgrades. Um, that she uh, convinces our two cats to take her upstairs. There she She's aware of the Westworld schedule, I guess, the work schedule, and figures out there's a uh, perfect opportunity when people are changing shifts to sneak her upstairs and give her some much-needed improvements in her programming. She notes, uh, actually, it's Sylvester, I believe, who notes that she has a bomb in her back. And was it the C7 vertebrae or C6 vertebrae? Yeah, really... I, I think it was C6. Yeah, not not that really matters to the story, but right, right. Um, although I'm sure somebody will make a comment. If they said C6, they clearly took out the C7. I'm sure that'll pop up somewhere on the internet. Um, so I think that's still a problem, right? She still has. She still needs a new body to go with the new brain. Yeah, she needs some sort of upgrade exactly to uh, be able to. I think they said to, she needs a total rebuild. Yeah, total rebuild. To, to actually leave the premises, uh, assuming that there's no other solution, such as um, disconnecting whatever electromagnetic thing that would turn on the bomb if she left the, the premises. But at this point, all we know is if she leaves the premises, the bomb will go off. This is similar to Escape from New York type of thing. Right, and what's interesting is now we this really does pull a couple of storylines together. Because she starts learning more about herself, she's remembering the the events of her her and her daughter, uh, um, which we've seen flashbacks to before, and she asks about it. And, Mike, and it's, it's an excellent thing that they did here because first off, she has memories that are she can pull at any moment, and they're as clear as if they just happened. And Felix. The cat says, unlike humans, our memories are more vague and fade away. There you go, Trace. Decay. While yours are always vivid because your mind works differently than us because she's a program uh, rather than um, a chemical brain or, or biological brain. So that's the first thing of interest. And the second thing of interest is after she has all these emotional feelings of the death of her quote-unquote daughter – She's and and those emotions are strong because they're programmed in her her entity. She's still with her new intelligence and her new uh, uh, clearness of what's going on around her. Knows that they're still all uh, made up, even if they did happen. Because we, we know some of these things, memories did happen. It's all made up because she isn't a mother. She isn't. She doesn't have a daughter, and so she goes and says to Felix, it doesn't matter, don't even bother bringing up the old storyline because it's it's fake anyway. So she, she has enough awareness to know it's all fake and can overpower, so in, her, in other words, her intellect can overpower her emotions. But I think we see in, uh, we find later in the episode, 
the intellect it, it knows the difference, but the emotion is still the emotion, right? And she's still susceptible to those emotions because later on, so she. So I say they, they take her up. We'll get to that in a minute. So she, they're going to take her upstairs to get rebuilt, and she wants new powers and new things. She and she's going to know how to do it. And this is when Sylvester and Felix, basically Sylvester, forces Felix to agree to a plot to kill her. They don't do a great job. She see, because she's really observant. Remember, hyper observant, and you can still see their faces. So she could might be reading their lips or something. But she, or just, you know, common sense, she figures out that Sylvester and Felix are plotting to kill her when they take her upstairs. Oh, well, I would, I would, I would rather use the term decommission her. Because not from her, from, not from her perspective. That's a fair point. You're right. Not from her perspective. Uh, that's a good point. Cause in her perspective, even though we can argue that she is not a living being, meaning she's not biologically alive, she has a perspective even if it is machine built or program built. So that's a fair point, Mike. Right. And Felix and Sylvester, I think, have gotten themselves – the smart thing to do would be to pull the plug and go see Ford or someone and tell them – or Arnold uh, – not Arnold, Bernard – and tell them what's going on and that we have a problem. We have a rogue AI and this seems like it's going to be really, really bad. The problem is that they have facilitated – her so much up to this point that they are wrapped up in her little problems and they're going to be getting themselves in trouble and uh, they probably don't have any idea how to extricate themselves from this and therefore they're sort of swept along and allowing themselves to be forced into furthering Maeve's schemes. Plus so, I think that... So Mike, you, you're, my guess is that their planning or at least Sylvester wants to do is basically do what happened to Clementine which is destroy and wipe out the, the memory and then probably disassemble the robot, and then nothing can be traced back to them. Right, because she, yeah, it's. It, I think that Felix probably has a little bit of a thing for her. Yeah, no, no doubt he's a loser. Um, well, she's hot. She is hot. You're absolutely right. Uh, and she's artificial, so she probably has a lot of stamina. That's probably true too. But yeah, so he's got a thing for her, or is, and she's manipulating him. And she's manipulating, she's manipulating both of them, and that's part of being being the uh, being Maeve, right? That's part of her character. Um, some some of this is shocking, though, Mike, because we're talking about two people. Well, all right, let's say they they dislike their jobs like anybody could dislike their jobs. It's still a key profession or a key job. It's like getting a job at at Facebook or Amazon or something like that, where a lot of people try to get into Google or any of these type of companies and there's only so many jobs available and when you get in you you know that, that's like hidden hidden uh, the lottery in a sense so why would these idiots want to sabotage their job even if it's a mundane or whatever when it's hugely you can you can guess that it's hugely an important job in the sense that it would look good on a resume so they're they're sabotaging their lives well there's a really good there's a really good reason for that Phil what is that, Mike? And that is that they're people. And Eric? People, people suck. suck. Thank you. So, look, people are the never... There's that uh, there's a homicidal naked robot with a scalpel. Yeah. They're, they're people that were taking... They do what people do, most people, not necessarily Phil, but almost certainly his daughters, uh, will take advantage when given an opportunity. 
right? And they will not, and they don't think they're doing anything wrong, right? You had Felix was just playing with his bird thing. And they are technicians, scientists of a sort. And so there's some curiosity there and an opportunity presented itself and nobody was being harmed. And it was certainly a fascinating thing, I imagine, to be there. Um, so I could see how they, and people are really good at self-deception of saying, of, of, of saying, no one will be hurt by this. I am not harming anyone and just sort of moving along. And whoops. Now they're in deep shit. And then there's the human tendency to CYA and their CYA instinct there. I don't want to get in trouble for the small shit that I did. What's CYA mean? Cover your ass. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I guess you're right in a sense, but I mean, it's just like going down this rabbit hole of, okay, I'm, I'm breaking company policy. I'm breaking, I'm, I'm possibly going to lose my job. I'm possibly going to go to jail or for, for doing things that are, you know, who knows? Anything. And it's like, it's just. Well, because at this point, I think they're dealing with the, uh, and we've all seen these movies. I'm sure they have too. In this alternate Westworld world, everybody's seen the movies where robots take over the world. So, you know, well, we've all like seen zombie Thurman. movies where nobody's actually seen movies with zombies. Well, that's what I'm beginning to think. <laughs> that this is like too. this is a world where they don't even have the, what is a robot? I don't know what is a. Was, ro- I've never heard the term robot before. Yes. Um, what, what's what's a Terminator? I've never seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I like I said I think you just it's a natural instinct and at this point they've gotten themselves so deep that they're probably thinking to themselves if I come forward I'm losing my job anyway. Yeah. Okay. So now at this point we better just cover it up the best we can because it's better to cover it up and possibly get caught than just coming clean because we're fucked if we come clean. Well, there's a right, chance. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. I just can't can't believe they were that stupid to give a robot intelligence to the point of like uh, you know Leonardo um, or someone like that. You know, two hundred and twelve IQs or whatever. You know, it's just ridiculous. This is just like, are you stupid? Oh, they're horny. Yeah, and they're I, nervous, and they're 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 under pressure, and your brain, no matter how smart you are. Most people don't – their brain doesn't function well under pressure. And Eric, why is that? Because people suck. Yes. I would agree with that statement, yes. So, right, it's it's a natural instinct to try to avoid trouble. And they're, if they're thinking that, well, if only we can just do this one thing, we won't get in trouble anymore. You know that's not true. I know that's not true. But people talk themselves into that all the time. That's the old saying is that it's not the crime. It's the cover-up, right? That's what brings people down. Right, and we've seen that possibly a couple times in this past two years of, of stuff, yeah, presidential yeah, well, election. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, so anyway, so they get there. The idea is to to put her into permanent storage, into junk, into junking her, you know, crack her in the skull, yeah, whatever, destroy her. Uh, Maeve has apparently already worked with Felix to find a way around this because Felix really didn't want to do it. And so she grabs a scalpel and cuts uh, Sylvester's Sylvester. throat and then has Felix use the repair tool <laughs> to basically blowtorch repair uh, the neck wound. 
Right. Um, so, by the way, um, I do want to point out that it does lead into question whether or not she is still capable of letting someone die. Yeah, I, well, and I, th- I think that's that's intentional for us to guess, not because. Um, I mean, she already knows, I think. But anyway, go on, Eric. I was just going to mention one thing that I noticed immediately and thought was pretty hilarious is that Sylvester stole my line when uh, when Maeve wakes up after he thinks that she's been decommissioned. He blurts out, Jesus, fuck! And that is a line I used on our episode of Dark Discussions about the bay. Yes, that uh, about the... When when the the isopod things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, so anyway, so they fixed Mave up, put her back into circulation. I'm curious. I would like to see some more stuff with Felix and uh, Sylvester without Mave, because I'm like wondering what are they what are they talking about right now. Are they going like, dude, we're totally fucked? It's like, no, no, man, we're fine. We're golden. She's back. They'll never, we've got no fingerprints. Who's, you know, are they planning their, their, their getaway? What's going on? I have no idea. But anyway, so we, but instead of following them, we follow Maeve. Well, let me ask and, you this, Mike, before you talk about the Maeve's story on what happens to her. Do you think that was a cheat where they, sh- her talk with Felix to con- basically to sabotage Sylvester's plan off screen? was kind of a cheat. Well, no, because then you can't surprise the audience if you have characters conspiring right in front of you. Um, That's a fair point. And, and I don't, I don't think with, were either of you shocked? No, no. I, right. I think so, Felix, so I think we kind of knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, Felix is is all in, and and Sylvester, even if he's a boob, just like Felix, at least he has he's a he's a realist, and he. He's a person for survival. He wants his job. He wants – yeah, go on, Eric. I personally don't understand how Felix can program because he doesn't seem that smart. Oh, my God. This guy is such a moron. Unless he's one of those – those um, uh, what do you Asperger's? call those? Yeah, exactly. That That is really good in one or a couple of things, but then is a, a dumbass when it comes to other things. Maybe because he's uh, – yeah, not that quick on the uptake. No, no, no. For him to – I mean, it's just weird because you know that all these people that work here know that these robots are programmed to act a certain way. And, and yeah, okay, they don't, they're not supposed to kill people, uh, or humans. We know that. There's a safe, a feel safe there. But they, they do know that all the emotions are programmed, meaning they're fake. So there is no real, Emotions. I mean, Mike, you had a good point, which is Meve is programmed to have an emotion. Therefore, it sometimes overpowers her her in, intellect and logic to act quickly. But I, I, I mean, I, I'm not in this world. You're not in this world. Eric's not in this world. But we we all know, and I've always said this every time we talk about horror films or, or whatever that have robots in it. Robots aren't living beings, biological beings, and therefore they don't necessarily have empathy. And so from start, they're all sociopaths from the, the moment they are turned on because they don't have empathy. And so I can't believe these people are that stupid to not think that. Well, because they may not see it that way. And they, they've been working with these robots for years. And again, you, you're getting into how much of the surface 
is the reality, right? If something appears empathetic, how do you know it's not empathetic? And, <laughs> you know, you used to get um, ethologists, animal behaviorists, who would justify some fairly, what most people would consider to be cruel experiments by saying that animals didn't feel pain, they don't feel fear, they don't feel emotions, where eventually people said, have you looked at the face of the animals you're torturing? Because they sure seem to be experiencing something that we recognize as pain. Now, we don't know what an animal feels. I don't know if I were to put a blowtorch to your nose, I don't know that you would feel pain. I know you would probably scream. I know you would be horrified. But... Yeah, but that's a you know, scarecrow I, argument or, or, or red hair. A you, you, argument. Yeah, no, I'm not saying, I'm saying, no, I'm saying it's, we can make the arguments that we, we, we recognize emotions based on how people display them outwardly. Well, it, it's like this, Mike. It's like, you know, you can have a, a dog and you can have a cat, but you don't have a lion or a wolf necessarily as a pet because common sense is instinct for those wild animals will come back and not to, no pun intended, bite you in the ass. So, I mean, it's just common sense that, you know, you're not going to have a lion. But, but, a but these people, these aren't lions. These, these people have been working with these robots for years. They are neutered. They, they cannot hurt you by their experience. But now there are, Yes, but but we're all smart enough to know, and and especially these folks, even though there's the quote unquote fail safe and there's a little bomb and and their six vertebrae and whatever, everybody knows that if a, something that you can program, even if they're not programmed to harm, if if someone fiddles with code, they can program to harm. So, it, that's just common sense, right? I mean, because what's your what's your point here? My point is is that you can program any of these robots to actually do harm, even if in 30 years we can assume they've never done harm. So they're, in a sense, wild animals in that analogy where they could snap or they could... But well, people you but, can also use any computer to program a virus. And any person can harm without having to be reprogrammed. No, that's that's true. I, I mean, I've always said this is that like you know people that who ride horses, right? I mean, you know that's fine, no, no big deal. I've done it many times, and and whatnot. But a horse has a brain versus say a car which doesn't have a brain. So if you're driving twenty miles an hour with a car, or you're riding on a horse twenty miles an hour, you know, galloping whatever, the horse could could snap and throw you off. While the car won't, it'll just break down. Because yeah, but you're but you're suing that that these machines are like you know your your MacBook. I mean, it's just well, these are much smarter. They're much more complicated, and there are those as as we see um, to jump storylines from it. Ford says when asked, "What's the difference between us and the machines?" and he says, "I don't know that there are any." You know, it's when you're dealing with the new models of the host are biological physically. We don't know how exactly their brains are constructed. They seem to be superior than ours, if not for the limitations that we put in them. Um, you know, so and remember, they put all these employees through psychological tests. They pick just the right one. So they may be picking people who agree kind of with Ford's hypothesis, right, that. And people who aren't going to be suspicious of them and people who are going to be trusting of them. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. You know, oh, it's, I don't. I don't know that they're going to be pulling in people that says, yes, I would come like to work for the murdery, murdery robots and because I'm terrified that I think they're going to take over the world. But I'll I'll take a job at Westworld, please. No, that, that's a fair point, too. Um, because, I, think, yeah, go on, Eric. I think we need to move on. There's a clear divide amongst your hosts. Um, if you want to hear this discussion in full, go listen to the Ex Machina episode of, of Dark Discussions. Um, Phil is clearly anti-robot. And Mike and I welcome our new robot overlords. Yep. And and Eric had no, there was no pun intended when he says your hosts are disagreeing. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, so Maeve goes back into circulation. She now has the magic power to weave her, and she says, "I want to write my own story." And she's writing her own story by literally telling the story to her fellow hosts. And changing their behavior, changing what they do. You forgot um, one, one important thing she says before they, they cut to the scene, though, Mike, which is she wants to create her own robot army is what she says. Right. She wants, I want my own army. I want my own story. Right. And so she's going out there to sort of recruit her own army. And that's we don't get there quite this week, but we get an idea of what she's planning. And um, oh, and she also meets her new Clementine. That's right. Which I they clearly disturbs her a bit. Uh, and we get to that scene where uh, Hector comes into town to steal the safe and all the other stuff. And she helps Hector out, you know, by telling the, the sheriff, the the sheriff sees nothing wrong here and thinks that Hector is a fine, upstanding citizen <laughs> while he's gunning people down in the streets. And then the sheriff just goes, hey, Hector, and kind of walks away. And so that's where we start getting an idea of just how far her, her reach is going and her ambition is going. And the Norwegian, uh, Norwegian chick kills the sheriff anyway, though. I forget. Right, because she's, she doesn't care. Yeah. She didn't get her story changed. Um, but this is what she see, She does see her daughter, and that during the, her, her time there, and that throws her off. Because she had, while she had dismissed her daughter, she had asked where's the daughter. She said, what, never mind, it doesn't matter because it's obviously fictional. She still has that emotional attachment. And my, this is sort of what I was getting at is that if somebody implanted false memories in you, and this is a Philip, very much a Philip K. Dick type story. Yeah, you're talking about Total Recall. Right, with Total Recall, right? Where if they plant the memories in your mind that you're a super spy who's been to Mars, to you, how is it any different than having actually been a super spy who's gone to Mars? Yeah, that's true. If, if someone implants in your memory about you having a pet horse that died in tragic circumstances and you'll feel, feel sorry about it, how is that any different than if it really happened? You know, and even if someone said right now, think about whatever your most precious memory or tragic memory is. If someone came to you right now and said, you know what, that's not a real memory. We've falsely implanted in you and it never really happened. Maybe I would go, oh, thank God. What a relief. But you still the the pain doesn't go away. Oh, I see your point, but maybe maybe I would go. Oh, what a relief! And and then the pain wouldn't matter anymore because I know it wasn't true; it was all fake. Well, see, Phil. Well, I'm going to let you know, Phil. You never actually watched Hush. Hush? What do you mean? You never watched it. It never really happened. You oh, right. You watched it. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good thing. So, I see um. Yeah, you're right. It's still, yeah, it would piss me off because they remember it anyway. Because you still remember it, right? So it's yeah. still there. Well, up to this point, I don't know. And I was going to say, I think we've already beaten the whole Neve. Is she, uh, is she a puppet or a real girl enough 
Um, where do you think they're going to go with this? Are, are Is she going to get her army? Is she going to give the robot rebellion? Is she caught and busted and we're going to watch her get decommissioned next episode? Can there only be one Dolores? That's an excellent point, Mike. Um, you, you know that eventually this, this show is going to go somewhere where robots are going to go crazy or, or whatnot. Well, the question is, is this just, or I should say, is Meeve's character just a... Is this just a preface and her, she will fail and then it'll be another robot, like you said, like, you know, maybe Dolores or someone else that will, will do it or maybe even, even, uh, Bernard or a robot that we don't even know yet or will she? And that's, that's a good question. I don't know. And also, will they have her do it in Westworld or will she escape? And we don't know that either. So. I don't know where they're going to go with it, Mike. Uh, I think it all depends on how she reacts to the two guys approaching her. And what about you, Mike? What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be, does she get caught or does she get away? Um, I, I don't know. And I'm thinking they've put way too much into her character at this point to have it end. Mm. Uh, she may end up having a tragic end and not continue with the series, but I don't think it's going to end like at the beginning of the next episode. Right, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's That's a fair point, because that, that would be the standard story, is how you said it, Mike, where it won't just end like that, and then we'll move on to new characters or, or focus on a, another robot. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised that they could pull something like that. Uh, but since Meeve is becoming, unfortunately similar to what, an issue with, say, your, your, a show that you like, Mike, Walking Dead, uh, a character, which is good. I mean, you want to like your characters or, or enjoy certain characters. But sometimes, like in that series, The Walking Dead, certain characters become plot... Um, plot immune, uh, plot armor. Yeah, exactly. And and that always has bothered me. That's the reason why I don't read a lot of... Um, Book series, uh, like Eric, you read, you know, Jack Reacher, uh, people, you know, like James Bond, whatever. But I stop reading a lot of those because I go, all right, I know the lead character is never going to die or this or that or that or what, whatnot. So I don't know if this series could fall into that, um, I guess, issue. At least it's an issue for me. But who knows? So, well, I think it's, again, this whole series has been filmed that's in the can and this is an advantage of doing a show like this on hbo and a lot of these cable networks where they do these short seasons because unlike um i don't know whatever tv series they're rolling out on a major network that's a 20 episode season and they only have the first half dozen episodes or so aired uh, in the can by the time they start airing them and so they're starting to get feedback you know, a quarter of the way through the season about what people like, what people don't like, and they tweak the season as it goes along. And, oh, we like, we like Maeve. Let's write more Maeve stories. We don't like Dolores. We might write less Dolores. Here, it's already done. So no matter how popular Maeve may be becoming online, they didn't know that when they were making the story. That's a fair point. So her, her fate is sealed, whatever it may be. At least for um, the first, first 10 episodes, anyway. Right. Yeah, and now next season that may change. Maybe it's maybe they go, hey, let's make it the Maeve story instead of the Dolores story. Right. Or, you know, it's, we do know, by the way, that I, uh, I'm i sorry, we do know that the Men in Black will be in, uh, has been signed for next season, that Harris is coming back. 
Yes, yes, he he is signed on for uh, the next season, so he's not going to die this season. At least he's not going to die in the present tense, anyway. So we we can assume that his character's not going to die. So right. Um. So actually, why don't we go? Can we jump? Do we want to go to? Dolores, do we want to go to the Man in Black, or do we want to go to Ford and Bernard? Uh, don't matter to me. Uh, I think all the storylines are, are fairly interesting. Obviously, I still would say Dolores is, is probably the the weakest, but at least it was a little more enjoyable than last week's. Um, but So I'm, I'm good with any of the stories. Um, all right, let's do the Man in Black. Since okay. you brought his name up, Mike. Yeah, so the man in black, um, we don't get a lot. He's with Teddy. Yep. Uh, and they're heading off to try to find the maze again. Yep. Still, which, which includes searching so for wire. Learn about that damn maze. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so the maze has something to do with finding Wyatt. I think. Uh, he does come. They come across in their travel. Right, they're looking for Wyatt and getting rid of Wyatt or conquering Wyatt or beating him as the boss. Whatever will get them the secret to the maze or something along those lines is what they think. Right. Right, that's the uh, Yep. That's the yeah. plan. And, and there's a couple of interesting things about this, this story, even though, like you said, the Men in Black story is maybe like 10 minutes of the whole episode. Uh, but a couple of the ones is... Um, we we get our first hint, at least in the Men in Black side of the story, that the Man in Black is William, because maybe when, maybe because when they come upon this um, group of folks that were mass murdered by what appears to be uh, Wyatt's crew, one of them happens to be this pretty blonde woman who the man in black recognizes and say, he specifically states, Oh, it's you. I, I, I knew Ford would never recite. Uh, Ford would not stop recycling a pretty face or something of that nature. And if we, I don't know if either of you noticed, but I, I got it right away is that the woman that he's talking to, the one that survived the attack that's wounded is the same woman that William saw when he first walked into Westworld uh, by the, the beautiful blonde-haired woman in the white dress that showed him or let him choose the weapons and the clothes and stuff. That's the same woman. I didn't catch it when I was watching it, but I caught a little snippet online today that pointed that out. Okay. What about yeah, you? I, I didn't recognize her. Um, I did immediately. because okay. when he, Well, I didn't... Well, let me rephrase. I didn't immediately, but when he said that line... I said, then I saw the, oh, that's her. So if they didn't say that line, I probably wouldn't have got it. But continue, Mike. Okay, so I didn't recognize her. Um, I, I, again, saw it online. They said that's who it was. I was. Oh, okay. Now, does that mean that that's William? How does he recognize her? Right? We don't know the exact role that he, he ran into her in the past. Right. Um, and the man in black, right. Yeah. Right. And even though I'm, I'm you know, I'm, st I'm kind of reconciled, whether I like it or not, to the, the two timeline story. I'm not necessarily convinced that William is the man in black, although, you know, there's a really good chance of that. Uh, there's a lot of hints and clues leading to that. So it's possible. 
Um, I have to assume that he didn't remember her from his first visit to Westworld 30 years earlier, that it's, he probably has interacted with her on numerous occasions uh, and just hadn't seen her for a while. That's true, too. You never know. So, well, and there's I gotta that. imagine it's kind of like Groundhog Day, where he's interacted with every host so many times he can't keep them straight. Yeah. It's possible it's that, too, yeah. So, it, But, again, they threw enough hints that if the two timeline stories is true, it would make sense that, you know, that why he said this line. Even though it doesn't necessarily mean the two timeline story is true. Right. So, anyway, so he recognizes her. Uh... Teddy has a flashback. So Teddy's starting to remember. Yep. And Teddy has a flashback in which he remembers the man in black dragging Dolores off. Yeah. Uh, well, it's something he said. What happens is he has two flashbacks. The first one is someone says something. Oh, the, the, the man in black says something. And then there's a flashback of the man in black saying something to Teddy at Dolores' homestead in the exact same word. So it's a phrase that the man in black must say often. And I forget what the phrase was. And then the second one was when the man in black is in a fight. He sees the man in black doing the same thing of dragging Dolores the same way he's dragging away the person that he's fighting. Right. So, um, Teddy basically takes out the man in black, Cole Coxum. Um, but Mike, before we, we talk about that interesting part of this whole storyline, we should mention something that else that I thought was hugely important about what happened prior to that. And that is simply the fact that this cultist, one of Wyatt's cultists comes out of the bushes to attack and when Teddy shoots him, he doesn't fall. Meaning, right, well, we'd seen that before, but I think this time, because of the way he's... And, and right, we we postulate that maybe that could be a guest dressed up as one of the villains, right. but then they, they, they murder the guy. <laughs> they, they, they bash his brains in, and there's enough blood and viscera for me to think that they... they really killed whoever that was. So I'm thinking that they were probably just wearing some armor or something underneath to protect them from the bullets. That's what I was about to say. It was either there's some sort of armor and the, and this host, assuming it is a host that's playing the bad cultist, is not phased at possibly getting shot in an unprotected spot. Or it is a human and... And uh, Teddy, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a human, and Teddy just can't kill him. Or the third thing is, is that some robots now aren't affected by other robots is a third possibility. Well, there's there's another, which is that at one point, um, Elsie mentioned that a whole bunch of robots code had been changed, uh, and that some of them might be able to harm guests now. So maybe Teddy is one of them. Well, but that's when what's interesting is you get to the the man in black story, right? Is that 
after he's tied up, the man in black basically tells Teddy his his history, who he is, without yeah, actually get, giving his name. And, and, and the he, reason you got to explain the reason why he gets t- Teddy betrays the man in black is because he sees in one of the flashbacks, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, the man in black dragging away Dolores in a very violent way. And since his goal is to save Dolores, he now thinks the man in black is is a bad guy, obviously. Right. So, um, the man in black reveals he's a titan of industry, right? Runs some massive business. He's a philanthropist, which we already got an idea of. He's married and with a child, with a, a child or children. Yeah, he's married at least thirty years, and he has an ad- a a daughter at least. Which again feeds back into the William thing, which is William's story is in fact happening thirty years ago. Then we know William is engaged, and we know that he was a, a vice president in this organization. So, is marrying into the family that runs it. So it would make sense that at some point he might end up taking over the business. You know, if uh, say something tragic happens to Logan. Yep. And Wouldn't so that that'll be a shame. Yeah, and it still jibes. And if you know at. <sighs> You have to think that the writers aren't expecting most people to have figured all this shit out yet. So that's why they're being coy with the name is to keep you from thinking that it's William when, in fact, it's going to end up being William. But anyway, um, but then he talks about how his you – know, we get the idea that he's been coming to Westworld this whole time on and off. That Westworld, of course, reveals who your true self is and he's a bit of a dick. And he finds out his wife – we find out his wife died about a year ago. Uh, and it turns out, well, he thought it was an accident because she took the wrong meds. In fact, uh, she killed herself because she, the wife couldn't stand living with him because she was terrified of him. But um, I still yes. don't know if that's true, Mike, because this is what he, he says that he didn't know that she, she died. She, he just assumed she took too many meds and drowned in the bathtub. And then the daughter says, no, she killed herself because she can't stand living with you. And so that's just the daughter's perspective. So we don't know if the daughter, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm not convinced. Well, the fact that he, that we're, we haven't met the daughter, we probably never going to, are never going to meet the daughter. Right. Um, that, that I don't think there's any reason. And the fact that the man in black believes it, I think that's, um, that's reason for us to accept it on face value. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Right. So, uh, and so he came to, says he, so he came to the park to find out really how bad a guy is he, basically. And this is when we find out why he attacked Maeve and killed Maeve's daughter. He picks, he wanted to do something heinous, horrible, and see how he felt about it. And so he not only kills Maeve, he kills his daughter, his daughter, her daughter. I, 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 I none of this made sense to me because they're just fucking robots. So I don't know how if he really wanted to do something horrible, he should have went down the street uh, of the city that he because lives Phil, in because and, Phil, and, and murdered Phil, someone on the Phil, street. Phil, it, we understand how you see it. Yeah, you're not understanding how other people see it, or at least or at least this guy. Then I guess right. Well, how you know Eric and I might see it, or because we we are again welcoming our robot overlords. We, we see more empathy, just like, you know, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto or you're the ones that 
Are you going to be shooting hookers in the back of the head? Right, but but unfortunately, in a, a game like Grand Theft Auto or Fallout or Far Cry or any of these games, you still have to kill people to finish certain missions, and some of those people that you may kill are ambiguously neither bad or good. So I'm still not depressed but about it also, because also, it's just a video game. There are also digital images on a screen you're interacting with with a controller. They're not beings that are there in front of you acting in way that that are that are believable as flesh and blood human beings behaving in ways that make them seem to be flesh and blood human beings and i know phil you're going to say but they're just robots no i was going to say but it doesn't but that doesn't but that doesn't matter to some people they're still getting that feeling it's a it's it's laps live action role playing with except you don't really kill people in larping but you're not here either because they're robots maybe that's how you roll Right, but well, they're robots, though. So you're not killing anybody. You're, killing, you're just shooting. So I robots. told you that's what you're going to say. But again, that's not how he's seeing it. Is do I feel anything? And he felt nothing from killing the girl, right? And so the the but the key here is that as he leaves, Maeve, who he had not killed, he had injured, yeah. charges at him and attacks him and injures him, which she shouldn't be allowed to do. And when he's there. He notices, um, I don't know if it's her, in her farm or, or garden, whatever, he notices the pattern of the maze, which he had probably seen before. And so he realizes that there is more to it, that there is there is Ford's game, which has all the safeties on. And then there's the maze game that has the safeties off. Right, he points that out that he said you couldn't even bruise me if we were playing Ford's game. Yeah, that's a good point. And well, let's also point out that Maeve had a more emotional reaction than the man in black did. Right. Because she went crazy. Uh point. to the point where they couldn't even shut her down. No, that's true too. But I, I, you know, I, I see your point. I, everything you're saying is 100% correct, yet the flaw with me using my normal, I guess, I just guess logic in general is their machines. So yeah, but this is this is aliens, right? And me, when I was a 15 year old boy going on 16 watching Aliens, yeah. I thought when Ripley ran back to get Newt. Yeah. I said, that's absurd. Leave the bitch. Okay. Go. Get away. You've known her for five minutes. Yeah. But as an adult who has more understanding and empathy and experience than 15-year-old idiot me did, I could understand how a woman who has lost her own child and has now bonded with a new child would be refusing to leave her behind. I still would probably say sayonara. But well, I can certainly understand why someone else would behave differently than I did. Well, and, and and this analogy may be a bad analogy, but I'll throw it out there anyway, which is is if a plane, you're in a plane, and you're sitting next to a child or, an, or a disabled person, they always tell you, don't try to save them first. Put the mask, air mask on yourself first. And the reason they do that is because, obviously, your instinct is to save the 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 loved one but there if you die 
they're not going to know how to put it on their on their face. So it's best for you to save yourself before you save the loved one. So if the odds, I don't, maybe that was a bad, like I said, it could be a bad analogy, but if there's certain odds and in reality, Ripley would never have saved the kid and she would be dead that, you know, because, but it's a movie, you're going to, you're going to have her be the hero and all this other crap anyway. So I don't know if any of that matters, Mike, because it's, Well, your criticism is that this is not how you see it, but other characters aren't seeing it the same way you are. Guys, we have to stop arguing about this every episode. I know that. All right. But it keeps coming up every episode. Well, right. Well, because because it's like he's talking about horrible things and I'm going, yeah, okay, they are horrible. And and like you and me, Mike, would play the, the good guy in Dungeons and Dragons or the video game because, you know. It's more appealing to us, but it's not like he went down the street in 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 downtown Manhattan and just started shooting people. So he didn't do anything wrong. Is all I'm saying. Uh, not necessarily wrong, but something that may have given him an emotional reaction, which is what he was going for. Yeah, I guess. I I, I don't. I, I just keep on looking at the robots as, as just walking robots. Is all. Well, I, and we get that, and that's a, just a fundamental disagreement. We have to learn to live with it and move on. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Okay. Right. So, right. So this is so here's not only the origin story of the man in black, but it's the origin story of Maeve as well. Right? Because now this explains this is they when they they take Maeve, they realize she's got a problem, they wipe her and they reprogram her and make her the uh the madam in the brothel. Yeah, okay. And so we've now put these two storylines together and explained how they come together. Uh, and of course, now as this has happened, as after this is over, basically, uh, Teddy realizing the man in black is a bastard tries to kill him, but he can't. Yep. And so he's then stabbed by the little blonde girl who turns out to have been working with, um, Wyatt, Wyatt. all along. Right. And all of Wyatt's creepy people, creepy bulletproof pe- people, come out of the woodwork. And right. that's where that storyline ends. I will state, on the record, the man in black is not a bad guy based off of what he does in Westworld. Because they're just robots. <laughs> you, 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 what part of moving clear? on, Phil, are we not getting? Well, I, I just wanted to semantically correct you because you said that all right, maybe in per- Teddy's perspective, he's a bad guy. That's go. why Teddy was doing it. Let it go. <laughs> I can't sing right now. That's all right. That's all right. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. It, I, I don't know. I just can't get past that. I just can't get past it. They're, they're trying to tell me. Yeah, we noticed. Nolan and them are trying to tell me something that doesn't can't comp- – I can't comprehend it because it makes no sense because they're, they're not living people and they're not animals. They're just – Machines like well, taking a baseball and, and bat, and that's the thing. And that's, that the thing that's, you that's the thing you need to understand, Phil. Is that some people believe that if to a machine were to gain a certain amount of intelligence to the point where it is writing its own instructions and making its own decisions without any human intervention whatsoever, it then is alive. You don't believe that? No. Some people do, and we just yeah, more importantly, Phil, whose world are they in right now? They're in a fictional world, uh, Robert R- R- Michael Crichton's world. 
No. No? What do you mean? Well, they're not in Michael Crichton's world because Michael Crichton isn't writing this. This is the Nolan. This is Jonathan Nolan's world. And in Jonathan Nolan's world, they're more than just machines. Fair enough. All right. All right. That's that's fair. So, yeah, Michael. All right. So, yeah. So, all right. Do we have any thoughts here and now about the man in other thoughts besides the ones we've been beating to death uh, about the man in black? About two, two things. One, yes, as they go in the maze, humans are now beginning to get hurt or can be hurt by robots. If not killed, it can at least be hurt. Because we've seen Logan, we've seen William, we've seen the man in black all get hurt, in a sense, the further they leave the center of Westworld, I guess. If it's not the maze. Or or even, let's say, William and Dolores are 30 years in the past. It's still the maze because Dolores is going looking for the maze. So... It's just 30 years difference and whatnot. So, yeah, you can get hurt. So that's one thing. The second thing is is the man in black has now found the next piece of the maze, which is finding Wyatt, it appears. And now we'll see what that means and where that goes. That's all I have. What, what did you have, Mike or Eric, on, on this storyline? I got nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's just a question of who is the who is not. Uh, well, who let's is talk Wyatt, about who is Wyatt going to end up being. And I'm not sure we know enough yet. That's a good point, and it may not even matter. It could even be a brand new character, uh, to be honest, um, or just some random character that, that we've seen in the past that's been recycled. Um, but what about the the exposition story, which was unfortunately I felt was interesting, but it, it felt out of place and and too soap opery. And when I say that, I mean it felt too too forced and it also felt a little silly because even though the man in black is almost saying it to get it off his chest he's saying it off to someone that he knows meaning Teddy doesn't give a rat's ass and and I thought it was out of character for the man in black too but I don't know what did you guys think I don't think we know enough about the man in black to say it's out of character Right. And I, I'm kind of one of these people that, well, one that assumes that when you have guilt, you want to confess it to some degree. You want to get it off your chest. And he's known Teddy, artificial though he is, for a long time. He thinks, in his mind, he's kind of coming to the end of his rope. He came, to, I believe he came to Westworld to die. Interesting. He, and I think he wants someone to know his story, even if it's just Teddy. You're right, and even if he dies, or it won't matter because at least he got it off his chest because his story will die with, with Teddy because I doubt Teddy would go around telling people about, oh, here's this guy I met. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just the human the human need or whatever, I guess. Um, and and based off of what we hear, right, it's, it, it, it appears he's a pathetic person in a sense if he really he believes that. He fucked up. He basically he's he's Charles Foster Kane, where he thought he led a great life, and then in reality, it was all a sham, and he fucked it all up. I just gonna uh, say it's just like going to a therapist. Only he's a robot, right? So, um, yeah, and Mike, your point where he's maybe coming to Westworld to die kind of makes sense if we're talking about my like my 
analogy of this Charles Foster Kane thing, which is like nothing mattered. He, his life was meaningless and everything that he should have kept dearly to him, either ruined or whatever. And he has low self-esteem about himself or something and all these other things that someone that really does know psychology should probably figure out your opinion, Mike. I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. So, um, I mean, it, it's just a setup, I guess, for there, you know, they're going to f- do flashbacks and all this. So, but right. at least it, it's a, a setup to show that the man in black isn't just a kick-ass man. Like we thought, you know, he's not just the Lee Van Cleef from, you know, the spaghetti Westerns. He, he's actually, I guess, more human and more, um, and I don't want to say the word, but I can't think of any other word to use, quote-unquote pathetic, I guess, or, or yeah, in other words, he's, he's not the the badass. He's he's more of a pathetic character, I guess, is all I can think of. But that's not the word I want to use. That's all I can think of now. Uh, if, if there's nothing else, uh, I guess we can move on, but uh, if there's anything else, just anything. Otherwise, we can choose one of the other storylines. All right, so um, oh, well, let's get to the get let's get to the Dolores. Yeah, let's Dolores get her out of the way. Yeah, because they left off leaving, picking up where we left off last episode. Their home, they find home, which I thought was where we were last episode. Anyway, um, she finds the river. The river takes her to uh, this buried town. What was it? Well, it's hard to tell. This is where you were starting to get the multiple timelines coming in. Because there was a town at one point that has since been buried over. This was where the Black Steeple was that we'd seen several episodes ago Ford looking at. Yeah. And uh, basically there's a flashback to this that shows uh, Dolores remembering the town when it was above ground. And it seems Dolores is the one who went nuts and killed everybody in the town, including Teddy. He was there. Yeah. So we now got three different versions of that story. Right. And then put a gun to her head and killed herself and – or, well, whatever, because she didn't. And William kind of stops herself from going in this trance and killing herself then. So that then begs the question of if this is happening 30 years ago, when did the incident with Dolores happen? Because that had to be even earlier than that. Interesting. Right, so there is, and I have seen this in looking up the story about the multiple timeline, that there are those who believe that this is two timelines. There's actually a third timeline. Yep. Where they set Velociraptors loose in them. No. Um, right, so th- there's an even earlier timeline. It's 35 years ago, 30 years ago, and today. I think of the three timelines that were there. I saw that same article. So, um, so hold on. So there's there's thirty years ago, thirty five years ago. Okay. I see. And today. Okay. Okay. So the thirty five years ago is the Arnold story. Thirty years ago is the William and Dolores story, and then today is the um, today, obviously. Right. Okay. I think so. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Right, and I think. The unfortunate thing is they have tried so hard uh, to 
they've tried so hard to make this hard for the audience to figure out. But they're also so they trying can, not to cheat. Without cheating, and yet still have a surprise at the end, even though the audience has figured it out. That I think they may be hurting the dramatic narrative. Right? Is that, well, it's, in that, I think they've just made, I mean, I think it's hurting Dolores' storyline, because now people are just freaking confused. Right? We're, we're, we're losing some of the storyline and the gimmickry. Right. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, honestly, in my opinion, having, if this is true, that there is multiple storylines where they're not allowing us to know it by saying, you know, 30, like in Godfather 2, where they, we know what, that the De Niro storyline is, you know, 30 years before the modern storyline. But here, by not allowing us to know that, it is kind of, I don't want to say cheap, but it's definitely um, unfortunate, I think. I mean, I, I would have preferred that we either knew about it. I mean, the only reason they're not letting us know about it is because they're trying to trick us somewhere, right? I mean, why else wouldn't they allow us to know without, you know, people that have 24 hours a day to do Westworld dive, you know, d deep dives would search and find the clues? Why else would they not let us know that this is one, two, or three storylines unless they're trying to trick us. Well, they are trying to trick us, but I don't think they realized how obsessively nerdy the people on the internet are, and they figured all this stuff out. Um, but are they trying to get us to go, assuming, assuming no one figured it out, and then they reveal it later in this season or in next season, are we supposed? Are they assuming that we're going to go, wow, that was incredible? Or, I mean, I don't get it. Well, they're trying to be clever, and I think they may be trying too hard to be clever. That's what I'm thinking. I think they're just trying to be too hard. And and I and again, I'll go back to you can't let everything be about the twist, and you can't let everything be about the secrets. And without there's a movie that I know you both liked, which was called uh, Intruders, right earlier this season. Yep, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. And film. One Eric, of the Eric, that, you, you would agree with that, right? You liked that film? Yes, I enjoyed it. Okay, one of the things that bugged me about it, and I don't want to get into it too much, is that they hold the reveal for what's motivating the main character until the very end, which really just made it frustrating for me because I had a hard time sympathizing with or understanding why what was going on the whole time with and viewing the character in a sympathetic light for most of the film because they were holding this information back so they could get a twist at the end that I didn't think they really needed as a twist. Okay. So, um, and I've used this example before on the, the Dark Discussions podcast was in the story for uh, the original story uh, draft for Finding Nemo. If you've seen Finding Nemo, they were supposed to, you were not supposed to find out why Marlon was such a dick to Nemo the entire film until the very end. And then in a flashback, you find out it's because, you know, he saw his whole family killed before him and Nemo was the last one left. And that's why he was overprotective. But then that just makes Marlon a dick through the entire film. And it's, you can't identify with him. Whereas if you know why he's a dick from the beginning, you can empathize with him and you understand it and you get the audience on board. You sacrifice a quick surprise that gives you a moment of, oh, at the end, and but gain for from that 
you know, the, the audience the rest of the way. They have empathy and understanding and are on, on board emotionally with this character for his whole journey, and that matters a lot more. And not really knowing what's going on with Dolores is just frustrating and making it harder to get on board with her story at this point, um, at least for me. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I mean, we, I think all three of us have said that based off of the last two times Dolores was a focal point of the story and not because of the actress or the characters around her, including William and Logan, but specifically it's not as interesting of a storyline. Um, and it is, is the, it's the weakest writing, right? I mean, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, because it's the only thing there is to that story right now is, well, not the only thing, um, but the main aspect of the story is, ooh, mystery, 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 and lame-ass love story. Yep. So that's the issue. Well, at least for us as viewers. I mean, like I right. said last week when we were discussing this storyline, you know, maybe, maybe folks who are more into romance or, or things like that would actually think this is the best storyline. But right. But for us, anyway, yeah, we, we've all agreed that this has unfortunately become the weakest storyline. And I don't even think it's necessarily because of the romance, the weak romance or the mystery. But it's it's also um, weaker, in my opinion, too, is because it seems so removed from everything else. In other words, to me, this feels like similar to Daenerys. Daenerys um, in Game of Thrones. I've always hated that storyline because it was always removed from the rest of the whole show. And so I was like, every time they would go to you know, Danny's storyline in Game of Thrones, I would like roll my eyes and go, ugh, another 10 minutes of 15 minutes of crap that has nothing to do with what I really want to watch, which is Cersei's and Sansa and all those folks. So... I, I'm feeling that way about the Dolores and William storyline. So I may even hate it more than you guys just for that fact, because I don't even feel it has anything to do with with the main storyline, at least now. I mean, obviously, it's going to wrap around like Danny's storyline did and eventually merge. But until that happens, I every time it comes on, I'm going, oh, not this. I want to go see Ford and I want to see. Yeah, go on, Eric. Do you hate it enough to stop posting pictures of Evan Rachel Wood on Facebook? No, no, of course not. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, well, you know what? If Clementine became a main character, I, I could switch over to her. But until then, I can't. So she's, she's like her character's dead, so it doesn't even matter. Um, what re- Eric's referring to is uh, every Sunday morning, I post a picture of Evan Rachel Wood saying, uh, 12 hours to Westworld, you know, and that's basically what he's implying. Which um, you were know if you were on the Dark Discussions Facebook page. That's right. That's right. So if you uh, join Dark Discussions Facebook group, uh, which is um, actually the group for this podcast as well, where there's a lot of discussions of uh, Westworld, especially uh, Tuesdays and and Wednesdays, um, just uh, search for us on Facebook. And assuming you haven't quit Facebook because of all the stupid political uh, discussion by everybody that seems to be on everybody's feed. But if you're still a member of Facebook, join Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. Um, anyway, continue. Let's continue back to uh, the Dolores story. So, yeah, uh, that that shocks. Doesn't I guess it doesn't shock me now, Mike, when you say that there's three storylines because 
because yeah, obviously the main hint in this episode was specifically when Dolores sees herself in a flashback of her dead in a pool of water. Right. And what does it mean? Don't know. And getting a little tired of caring. Right, right. And and the only reason you could say that's a a third storyline is specifically if we assume that the William and Logan, I mean the William, Logan, and Dolores storyline is a 30 years prior. And if that's the case, then if she's still having flashbacks in that storyline, then that means that, yeah, there's got to be a third storyline. Um, well, now let's the, only talk thing, ab- the only thing yeah. that's really worth noting about this uh, Dolores storyline is that Logan finds them with his posse. Well, before and- we get into that, Eric, there's a very important thing about William doesn't want to save someone that is dying, which is interesting and, and goes against the character that we've known of William prior to that. But again, if he's just a robot, it didn't matter to me. But in his eyes, he he's looks at robots as as people too. In other words, entities you don't supposed to kill or hurt. And yet here, he want he says, "Who cares about this person that's wounded? Because he's part of the group that was coming after us that wanted to kill us." And Dolores yeah, goes, "Fair to me." And Dolores says, "Yeah, me too." And then Dolores, especially since, in my opinion, it goes further. It's just a robot, so who cares? And Dolores says, "No, we have to save him because he's just a kid. He doesn't know any better. Let's save him." And there was a question: Was Logan? I mean, was William going to kill him while Dolores went to get water for him? And I think it almost played that way. And I think they were doing it as a red herring to make us think that, but the boy dies in front of her right as she brings the water. But I was, I almost thought he was going to kill it. Did you guys think that, that he was going to kill the, the, the wounded guy? I did. Possibly. Did I right. thought it was a possibility because again, are they, because now I've got the spoilers in my head or the, the rumored spoilers. The idea is, is this in fact going to turn out that he's the man in black, in which case we are going to be seeing him move in that direction. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, and especially since he keeps on saying, who cares, you know, we got to move on, whatever. And assuming he could be the man in black who looks at robots as, as whatever, or maybe he's just a bad guy. Either way, he is willing to kill robots. But the main thing here also... He's also willing to make sweet love to robots. He sure is. Uh, well, at least William is, not assuming they're not the same character. I, I guess you're right, Mike. It really comes down to assuming that they're the same. But let's let's assume for fun or shits and giggles that William is not the man in black. Did the turn from not caring about this robot or the, or this boy happen too quickly? For uh, I don't. Th- we... I think you're putting too much significance on it. You think so? What about you, Mike? Do you think I'm putting too much significance on it? Because why else would they even have the scene unless they were trying to make a statement? Well, I think they're trying to show that he's in a more of an ambiguous area than he was, um, you know, eight episodes ago. So, or, well, seven episodes because he didn't show up until episode two. two. Um, I think so they are trying to show it as I mean, it's there. It was written there. It had to be there for a purpose besides just filling time. 
or hopefully it was more than just filling time. So, yeah, I think the fact that, that we are right, – let's put it this way. If this happened in, in episode four or five, I don't think we would think for a moment that William would would act this way. Yep. Where now we have doubts. I so don't know if that's earned yet. Right, right. That's what I was questioning. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know what we've seen to show him decide maybe he's going to be more of a dick to people. I understand right. we've seen enough for him to have fuck you, Teddy. Not Teddy. Um, Logan. Yep. But he's clearly caring for Dolores, so he doesn't care that she's a robot. So the wounded soldier, he shouldn't care that he's a robot either. Right. And he hasn't done anything to him to be a dick, so I don't know that he has a reason to be quite so be so callous. But I'm glad they didn't have him shoot him. Right, right, or, or, or because that or, would have been too big of a jump in the character at this point. Right, right. There's a couple other things too. Is that that they leave it very ambiguous because he they make him they make him a dick, but they make him logical too because he goes he's he's mortally wounded. We can't save him. Uh, he's a bad guy. Why, you know? So we we shouldn't waste too much energy on him. Um, he's now wants to protect Dolores or or be with Dolores. So Dolores is more important, and her safety is more important, and moving along is more important than staying at a place that obviously they're being tracked because now they find that not only other Confederados uh, have been here. But they were these Confederados were obviously attacked by those ghost Indian folk, which are bad folk too. So either way, his main point now is to to move on with Dolores. So they make him ambiguously that way, where he's using logic, but they also make him look callous as well. And it could be just uh, the writing trying to force us to see the change, and it just happened a little too abruptly. And therefore, it was just a flaw. Or um, it was intentionally done. And but either either way, they're try- obviously trying to show that his character is becoming more like, not to use The Walking Dead as an example again, but more like Rick, right? right. Where, where Rick was this you know good guy at the beginning, and then slowly, as things happen, he begins to become more authoritarian. Like, yes. Yeah, or more desensitized, or more realist or more survivorist or whatever you want to say yeah so yeah but you're right though mike the question is was it earned or not and it in my opinion it didn't feel like it appears that you for you too it it didn't um but well he didn't kill him if he had killed him it would have felt really out of place yeah right yeah so i mean the only problem and this is one of the problems with shows like this that have a continuing narrative is they got the character to this point it doesn't feel like they earned it but he's now at this point Right. Yeah. So now, Eric, you wanted to bring up the Logan part, right? Yeah, that was the only thing I found interesting. Okay, go ahead. Logan shows up. And he says, you're in trouble. Yeah, he's part of the Confederados now, right? He's like... They're that. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah, it'll be curious to see what happens. Um, uh, now, now... What what happens? And this is way off um, the narrative, but 
What happens if if a human kills a human in Westworld, and let's say William kills Logan in real life in maybe one of the upcoming episodes, whether it's for self defense mm-hmm. or whether whether it's for self defense or whether it's because he's just sick of Logan and he decides to knock him off. Because you know, you know, so I mean, we've heard the, the stories about you know Dungeons and Dragons back you know thirty years ago when the the people that were trying to ban it were saying that the children have become too into it to the point where they're actually killing people. Maybe he, if only, he, yeah, right. Uh, so but my point is, is that um, if a person kills a person, then and William kills Logan. And William is the man in black, then, and assuming he kills Logan not for self defense reasons, but because he just doesn't like Logan anymore, then we can arguably say that the man in black is truly evil and William has become Anakin Skywalker and become. Depends on your perspective. I say Logan has it coming. Logan's a dick. He's not. Killable dick, though. Yeah, because, you have your opinion. I have mine. <laughs> I understand. So, but but that's a fair point too, Mike. Because uh, there's a lot of dicks out there that that doesn't mean they deserve a death sentence. They all deserve a death sentence, <laughs> especially TV characters. Uh, um, so, especially the ones that cut me off in traffic. Yeah, those bastards. TV characters cut you off in traffic? I think you oh. need a therapist. Okay. Well, anyway, what's your guys' opinion? Do you think that's a possibility that Logan, if he doesn't continue in the series for the future, especially if he is the man in black, is William, do you think Logan was killed by William? I hope so. Mike, what about yourself? Could, could they go that way? They could go. They they could definitely go that way. The question is, what degree is it going to be justifiable? Um, yep. Because now again, this doesn't necessarily count as part of the narrative because it's outside information. But they do have that Westworld website uh, that is put out by the creators, and that does include all the legalese that explains why you're not allowed to kill somebody while you're there and that they don't take any legal uh, liability for that if you do kill somebody while you're there. So they have considered that as a possibility of things that might happen in the park. So unless something goes so badly in the park, which may be happening, may go so wrong in the park that Westworld Inc., what's it, what do you call it, uh, Delos, feels the need to cover up and protect William, and therefore let him get away with murder, I don't know that it's necessarily going to go that way. So either there has to be a massive fuck-up in the park that has to be covered up, or Logan will do something to provoke, if not justifiable homicide, understandable homicide. Or maybe William will be very clever and not actually kill Logan himself, but just put him into Psycho Robot's way. Right. Which, to me, it's Still not keeping with the character. You would still have to have a motivation still has to be there. I say it's using the tools available to you. But it It it, is, but I'm just saying it's it doesn't fit the motivation of the character at this point. Yeah, and and that that could be 
a valid point. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's just a curiosity that I was thinking of, especially if the man in black and him are the same. And quite honestly, the story doesn't make sense to me if, if William doesn't kill Logan. That's a fair point too. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I, if they do it that way though, then it's just another character on the show that I'll say, well, I don't really like that character anymore. I mean, I'll, I can root for characters. I mean, I root for... But you don't sure. like him already, so it's fine. No, I, I, I actually do like William. He actually was my favorite character until last week. I thought week. you said but you didn't like the man in black. Oh, I've always liked the man in black because I thought he was... You remember? Because I said at the beginning, I think he could be the hero in the long run of the show. And that they were tricking us to make us think he was a bad guy. Uh, perhaps. So, I don't know. It'll, it'll be curious. Uh, I, well, I guess, but William, you know, Williams, I, in theory, everybody should like William. He seems like a good guy, right? But if he kills someone or he uses a tool like a robot and puts gets Logan caught in the way when he could have saved him. Well, no, because there'll be people who say, well, William's a pussy. William's a pussy, he's a wimp. That's true. Well, I like, like him. When, like when he left Logan originally... First of all, Logan was a dick, so who cares? But also, I never really thought Logan was in danger anyway, because right. as we know, the robots aren't supposed to kill anybody, right? So I wasn't too concerned that he th- he threw Logan under the bus then, because it's like, again, it's just play world video game, so it didn't matter. Um, anyway, all right, any further things we want to talk about? Uh, the William Logan Dolores... Four timelines, 700 timelines, whatever. No, let's move on. All right, let's move on. So we got home stretch, which is back to the behind the scenes. And this would be Bernard and Ford. And and, and, uh, that Charlotte and and Lee and and, uh, Ashley Stubbs. Right. And all that good stuff. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, so we get cut back uh, from last week. Where Bernard has found out that he's a, a host, and that he has um, been commanded to murder Teresa and murder Teresa, and he started dealing with that ramification at the beginning of the episode. I thought that was c- confusing at first because I, I thought all, it was just odd. Where the sense that he was fighting it and all this, and I'm thinking, I, I see. I, I keep on looking at everything as programs, like. Everything is a program. So, all, but there's I, people who could argue that you're nothing but a program. Well, that's true. That we, we have the Matrix and, and 13th floor and all that stuff. No, I'm but, talking about biochemistry. Well, that's true. We, you're absolutely right. We, we are all programs. Um, but I was th- the difference between us and and Bernard is that Ford all he had to do was press a button, and so it didn't occur to me that Ford gave Bernard more independence than. He had. In other words, after what he did to Teresa, I assumed that he was literally just a slave and would do, you know, a command word and command word and command word. But when they le- come back in this episode, where they, which is right where they left off of the last episode, Bernard is actually more independent than I was expected because he's debating and arguing like. I can't believe what I did and all this. And there he's actually having a discussion with Ford. And I just thought it was. Well, two things here. Yeah. First is that 
you have to have learned by now that Ford has an utter fascination with how robots react to things. Yeah, that's true. So he clearly wants to see how Bernard deals with this. Um, Point number two, um, I think Ford is a little too secure in his godlike abilities. Uh, I think it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Because there are robots out there like Maeve that he doesn't know about. At some point, he's going to go to command a robot. It's not going to work, and he's going to end up with a fistful of robot. Well, well that's I, that's a fascinating thing. I'm curious to see is will there be some uh, showdown between Maeve and Ford, and who has the final say in what the other robots do? Well, and I don't even know if that's necessary. I mean, we may not even – I could see them go the whole show where Maeve, Maeve or however you pronounce the name, and, and Ford never – meet up once or know about either's existence and I could also see um, uh, Ford not knowing uh, in other words because what they did to Clementine even if it was obvious to Ford that it was a fix still it shows that other people can get into the robots and do things to the robots without Ford's permission. So it doesn't even have to be the ghost in the machine of Arnold that causes the robots to turn on Ford or anybody else in the park. It could be some jackass like Felix who gives too much power to a robot like Meeve, or it could be someone like Teresa and Charlotte who have someone change the the logic of someone like Clementine to do something bad. If any of that makes sense. I'm a little lost. Well, Eric made a good point, which is Meave or someone could come back and bite Ford in the ass because Ford thinks he has right. too much god power over the robots, and I'm saying that it doesn't even have to be the ghost in the machine, which is Arnold telling robots to become more sentient and do what they want, but it also could be just some jackass like Charlotte and Teresa that fixes a robot like Clementine to go and either kill Ford or... Oh, okay, right, I got you now. Okay. Yeah, it might be, um, although I don't think they would have been feeding all that stuff about Arnold whispering in their vo- in their, their heads. Uh if they weren't going to do that. Um, but like I said, I'm just curious as to how far have Maeve's abilities extended. Well, and for instance, if Maeve gives instructions to a robot, will Ford's commands counteract hers? Or no? Yeah, that's true. And, and we don't, we still don't know the machinations of the company because the company could just say, you know what? Let's just assassinate Ford. <laughs> oh, well, I don't... And, and by the way, how dumb is that fucking Charlotte chick? Yeah, let's take uh, all this important information we have over 35 years and put it in a decommissioned 35-year-old robot that's gone psycho and been decommissioned. Because that's a good idea. Well, I don't think she knows that that's the one that went psycho. Right. Yeah, well, I thought that was a way too convenient 
that it was the robot that went psycho out of all the robots she could have chose. They chose the one. Well, they, they obviously, for convenience, decided to go for the robot hiding all the way in the back. Well, that's another thing I felt too. Like you're absolutely right. It, it made no, it. That was unfortunate writing, I thought as well. Well, the only thing I would argue, maybe because if they don't know, because they did kind of cover up what was going on, um, is you know if they started putting them in there by by date, meaning that the ones that were retired thirty years ago are up front. Yeah. Um, therefore, you would want to get one that was more recently retired because they're probably, first of all, they'll blend in better with the other robots that are there, and they're also probably in better working order because they haven't been sitting there on the shelf for 30 years. And everything you're saying is 100% correct, Mike, but they should have just had through a line out that said uh, uh, the most recent robots are the best ones to use are the ones in the back. Right, and I am not in any way saying that this was something that they intended. I am saying that this is my bullshit made-up story to justify them doing that. Right, right. Yeah, right. In other words, you're, you're forgiving what may uh, be bad screenwriting because it was a right. little too convenient and too obvious and whatever. Yeah. So they got the so, guy from the but, last... But, it's, but, it, but again, for me, it's a, such a minor point. Um, no, I don't think it is, though. Um, here's the thing, though. The important thing is that there's a bunch of shit going on that different people don't know about. Ford has no idea what's going on with uh, Charlotte and with Maeve. Uh, Charlotte has no idea what's going on with Maeve or with Ford and Bernard. Um, you know, Bernard has no idea what's going on with, with Charlotte. Uh, so a bunch of people have different plans, and nobody's telling each other what's going on. Well, first and of all, let me gonna, say that. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me finish because my voice is going to give up. Um, and eventually this is all going to come to a head uh, when – somebody's actions that are undisclosed uh, cause somebody else's plans not go as they should. And then chaos ensues. Well, first of all, I'd be very wary about saying that Ford doesn't know anything. Explain. Meaning that Ford seems to always know whatever the machines know and the machines are, are so I would not be shocked. Except you got to remember Dolores lied to him and he never found that out. Are you sure? Yeah, you remember uh, he asked these questions to Dolores, and then he, after he left, Dolores started speaking to Arnold, the ghost in the machine, by saying, "I lied to him, and he doesn't know the truth." Well, she know he know well she lied to him. Whether or not he knows is the question. That's a fair point, right? Right. That could right, have been so a, a I, red herring. Yeah. Right. He he plays things very close to the vest, so he may very well know what's going on with Maeve and be letting it proceed because. He's curious to see what happens. Well, uh, here's the thing, though, and this is why I think it's going to be his ego, his ego, his ego that brings Lego him down. Lego my ego, yeah, Lego my ego. Because um, I think he's so confident in his ability to control the entire park um, that he's going to miss a couple things, and it's going to be his downfall ultimately. Probably, he he is um, the most. Interesting character in the sense that when we first meet him, he seems like, um, you know, the the jolly old guy that's just trying that doesn't want to retire because he knows that when he retires, he's going to be, you know, sitting on on his his farmer's porch saying, 
what what do I do with myself? And then, you, you know, we see him interact with people, and he seems like a jolly old soul. But slowly, we find out that he's all there, and he's really not, you know. In other words, it was all a facade. Uh, whether he's a good guy or not, you know, you can debate it. But um, I, I don't know where I'm going with that, except for the fact that Eric's point about that it all could bite him in the ass is what at least it seems like the story writers are going for, and, and it may be too pro, uh, projected for us to see. And so I don't even know if that will actually happen either, because that would be the regular story that we've seen hundreds of times where the guy that thinks he's the god fucks up because, you know, the, the freaks from, you know, 19, you know, 32 movie decide to rebel. You know, that's what's going to happen right. here. Or the island of Dr. Moreau. Are on and well, on the, and on. the real question here is what are their plans for Ford and for Westworld beyond this season? Because if Ford's story is done, yep. right, then obviously this ends with, you know, Maeve, stop. Maeve, stop. Stop Maeve or something along those lines and Maeve killing him or something like or that. Or Bernard. Right? It'll probably be Bernard. Or Bernard. Or, and Maeve's going, Bernard will kill Dr. Ford. Yeah. No, you won't, Bernard. Bernard, put that right. down. Put down the right. cookie jar, Bernard. Well, but, well, based based off of uh, the the previews, it looks like Bernard has another rebellious moment to Ford in either next episode or the the finals episode. So it, it may not even be Meve that does it. It could just be Bernard is slowly becoming more like Meve. And he determines, like, I don't like you telling me what to do. I don't like you telling me to kill someone. I don't like you. And he may go berserk and kill Ford is where I'm thinking it's going. And I hope that doesn't happen because I don't want to see Anthony Hopkins leave the cast. And his character is the the most uh, enjoyable out of them all, in my opinion. Right. I know, Eric, you like me best. But, but Ford, most certainly, is, for me, the most interesting character. And it would suck to see him die. So, and again, it's what is Ford's big plan? And that's, we've only got two episodes to find out, right? So, um, so there's that. Um, so anyway, so Ford tells Bernard to. Mike, and I want to interject because you said we only have two episodes. Technically, that's not true. We have another 10. But if this season, if this show was going to fail and they weren't going to renew it, what you say is most absolutely right, where we probably do only have two episodes because. Right, they, wrap, they, wanna, they don't want to have it hanging because they weren't sure if they were going to have season two. Right. I don't think that they we may not see Ford's plan come to fruition. Right. But we will probably find out what Ford's plan is by the end of the season. Right. Right. It could be similar to like Godfather 2, not to go back to that movie. But Michael Corleone at the end of that, we, he still could go on. Even if they didn't have a Godfather 3, we could see that he could still go on. But they did have a, a finale or a conclusion that worked well enough that they didn't have to have his character go on if they didn't want to. And I could see them doing something with Ford where we find out everything that Ford plans, even if it doesn't have um, a true ending, but it could have a good enough ending that had they not decided to go for season two, the, the series would have been wrapped up good and well enough i guess so yes. you're cracking me up with the godfather references tonight because i was just watching the flash earlier today 
Yeah, yeah. And, and that show is all about uh, multiple worlds. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> at one point during that episode I was watching today, uh, one of the characters from Earth 2 says something about the Godfather. And, and Cisco says, they had the Godfather on your world? He says, the Godfather is in all worlds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course it is, yes. She was young. She was beautiful. She was the greatest piece of ass in the whole world. I've had them everywhere. And G- Johnny Fontaine comes with his guinea charm and his olive oil voice. And he steals her from me. And you know what? She throws it all away. Well, you could go back. I'm sorry. I will continue. But yeah. Anyway, I'm a big fan of that. I I got that. Yeah. Okay. So Ford basically tells Bernard to, well, he resets Bernard and he he says, I'll get rid of all the bad memories after you clean up the mess of, um, of you, your connection to Teresa. And we, we were, everybody appears was wrong, not just us, but everybody basically thinking that, Teresa was going to be replaced by a robot, meaning no one knew that she would die. Right. Yeah, and, I, I totally botched that call. Yep. I, but did. I think everybody did, not just us. I think almost every you know, if you went on the internet, I think everybody was thinking this, right? Right. Well, because we're all waiting for future world. But I think the real question is, what is he building in the basement? Right. Right. Now it could just be that. You know, he's the mechanic tinkering around in his garage, and he's just making something for, you know, for fun. Yeah, he's the, he's the Saturday afternoon car repairman, right. but that's maybe what he's doing. He's just fiddling and diddling, and it has nothing to do with the main plot. Who knows? Yep. So, uh, Ford goes through, cleans everything up. You mean... Everyone you is... Mean- con- you mean uh, Bernard, right? Bernard, sorry. Bernard goes yeah. through, cleans everything up. Convi- everyone is convinced that uh, that the story is that she had that the satellite data, right? The the espionage stuff. She had Which, gone out to where the crazy cook had died, or whatever, fallen off the ravine, to presumably beam the data to whoever her secret contact was, fell in the ravine and died. And yeah, the, the wood, the, the, the wood, would. Chopper, not the, the cook. Wood chopper, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, and everyone seems to buy it. Yeah. Makes sense. And it's true. It is half true because it was Teresa who had the wood carver go out and and do it originally, which we all know that right. that was that was given to us. So it was a good cover. I felt. Right. Though, well, yes. Yeah, so, so they don't have to go through the, the convoluted robot replacement, how yep. to dispose of the body, et cetera, et cetera, yep. et cetera. And yep. um, Ford retired. Bernard returns to Ford. Oh, and by the way, and Ford says, uh, "I found out because uh, they did a really shitty job that Teresa was." had somebody manipulate the program with Clementine and it's all a fake. And so I'm bringing Bernard back. So Bernard's got his old job back. Uh, and he says that to whatever her face is, Charlotte, Charlotte and Charlotte. And, and, Oh, I am so surprised to find there is gambling at Casablanca. 
Right, um, right, right, right. That's a good, good, good analogy there, Mike. And uh, and Ford, I think I don't think buys a moment of it, but um, he'll deal with her another time, I'm sure. Right. And Ford comes back, uh, not Ford, Abe, uh, Bernard comes back to Ford. Ford promises to rewrite his memory so he doesn't remember hurting her, and so that he doesn't even remember his relationship with her. And before he does that, uh, Bernard asks. Have you ever, uh, have you ever had me do something like this before? And Ford says no. But there is a flash to Bernard having choking, a memory, having, having a memory. memory of choking, uh, or or snapping a neck, or snapping her neck of Elsie. Right, and so he may be remembering things. Didn't see it didn't happen. Well, I'm I'm still not convinced that. Ford had Bernard do it. I mean, that's what they're implying and making us want to, to understand. But there's two things. One, is Elsie really dead? But even more importantly, even though it's probably a lame plot point by me or, or hope by me, is could Bernard have just done it because he wanted to and had nothing to do with Ford? Well, here's my problem. Maybe I'm misremembering the the timeline for this, and I would have to go back to watch episode six again. Yep. Wasn't she on the phone with Bernard? Seconds I earlier. About, I was about to say that, yeah. Seconds earlier, yeah. Right. But, so, but, but you got to remember, you could be on the phone with Bernard. We didn't, I don't think we actually saw her, Bernard's side of the phone call. So uh, Bernard, we did. That, well, that was, was earlier. In the corporate, he was in the corporate office. Are you sure about that? Because he could have been on a, this could have been a second scene where, he was on a cell phone and he was, he was, you know, maybe in the next room. I'm, I remember seeing him answer his phone in the office. Maybe I'm misremembering. Right. So, and that's what I'd have to go back and double check at, or better yet, Elizabeth Catherine Gray can. Yeah. She'll, she'll clarify she'll this tomorrow on the Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm thinking that Eric is right and Mike is right because I think there was a phone call where she went, and she said she was down there in this warehouse. But that was earlier in the episode. And then later in the episode, she's talking again to Bernard. But we don't see Bernard's side of the conversation. So we'll all have to go back and look. But again, Catherine uh, Gray will, will let us know when, when she comments on Facebook. Um, so I think we're both right. So we'll see. Um but the, they certainly want us to be thinking that Bernard did it. Bernard killed Elsie. Right. And the That's only other bullshit, man, Elsie didn't do nothing to no one. I well, you're probably right. But um, even though I, I could say she was trying to sabotage Teresa, but I would say also this trying might, to sabotage the saboteur. <laughs> Well, that's a fair point. But, well, you could argue that Teresa was just doing company policy as, as she was supposed to. Um, but, Mike, you, you did have another, or I should, yeah, it was you, Mike, that said that they want us to think that Bernard killed Elsie, but would they also want us to think that Ford told Bernard to kill Elsie. Whether, whether he actually killed Elsie and whether Ford actually told him to kill Elsie, we, I, I'm still not convinced. But they, they definitely want us to think both of those things. Right. And Ford says to him, no, I've never had you do this before. Even right. though he has this flashback. 
And then we have this interesting scene where Ashley Stubbs goes to talk to uh, Bernard to give his condolences of Teresa's death. Right, and, and, this, this, and is, this is the, this is what the Ford's flaw, right? If 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 he was going to cover his tracks, he made this mistake, which is he didn't know that other people knew that for uh, Bernard was was banging Teresa. Right, which lends credit to the idea then that Stubbs is probably not a robot. A robot, because if he was a robot, then he, Ford would he, have known that Stubbs knew. Right. But again, though, even though they throw this scene out and the typical screenwriting plot would be now Stubbs is going to think something's off. And the first thought would be, this doesn't make sense in Stubbs eyes. It also could be, and this is how I was looking at it as a second rewatch, was that Wright was just covering everything up. Because he doesn't want to get fired because you're not supposed to be having intercompany relationships or who knows what. And so it doesn't sound weird to me that he would say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I barely knew Teresa and we never had a relationship. Well, I imagine as a head, as head now we haven't seen a lot to think Stubbs is the brightest bulb in the box. But as the guy who's in charge of security at a at a corporation like this, he has to have some competence. And I imagine he's going to be halfway decent at being able to tell when someone's lying to him. And I think Bernard is being very genuine in his, um, he comes across as genuine and in, in his, uh, uh, denial that he had any kind of a relationship. Yeah. So that's an interesting point, Mike, because I didn't think of it that way, which is let's say, Bernard was lying or actually telling the truth because he was now programmed to not even remember these, these things. Someone like Stubbs would look at it and think that's odd. I know Bernard's lying, but he doesn't seem like he's lying because he's actually acting as if he's not lying. While I didn't even look at it that way. I was looking at it as, a weak screenplay moment where they were going to have Stubbs say, oh, I know he's lying. Now I'm going to have to go off and do research, which is probably but, what he's going to do. But I could still say if I was Bernard, it makes sense that he would lie because I don't want anybody to know that I was banging somebody, my boss or whatever. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, but this is I'm sure that that scene happened for a reason. And now you're going to see Stubbs going off and doing his Scooby-Doo routine and right. trying to investigate who really is the man in black or whatever, you know. It's, right, or, uh, or, or, or what's going on here because why, uh, yeah, maybe there's more to Teresa's death than, I mean, they kind of even alluded to that in the prior scene because he says, I've known Teresa, this is out of character for her. Right. Um, so obviously it makes it a new, I guess, makes Stubbs now a more important character than he was prior. And it also shows a flaw in Ford's plan. And it's also what you said, Mike, too, which is why we even have this scene 
unless they were going to have the Scooby-Doo routine begin. Right. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see where this goes. And the only other scene I, that I can think of of any significance relating to the storyline was with uh, the English twerp. Oh, yeah. Finding yeah, out that he'd been given busy work by Ford. He is sitting there creating the great villain. You know, it, naturally he went with uh, a, a cannibal. That guy is such a tool. I don't even understand why he's in the show. Well, because he's a tool. I, well, I think, being used. I think there's two things. One, he could be being used by Charlotte because Charlotte. This is only Charlotte's telling him that. Oh, you're you're just doing busy work. When we don't know if that's true, Charlotte could be just bullshitting because this guy is a twerp and an idiot. So. Who knows who's telling the truth? Did Ford really actually have him work on something? Or is Charlotte the one that's telling the truth, which is, oh, you're not? Because in other words, she needs a new, new, um, Teresa because Teresa's dead. So she needs another fool to do her deed. So why not use this dumbass English guy who wants to bang me and I can use my sex appeal to try to convince him to do stuff for yeah. me? And I can also tell, him that Ford is using him, and he's going to be so stupid to believe it because he hates Ford anyway. I think so, this guy would fail spectacularly at Teresa's job. Well, that, that, well, he already has, right? Because they chose a, the wrong robot, right? They chose uh, the guy yes. from the Last Exorcist to to take all the the stuff out of the park. And I don't know how they're even going to be able to do that, right? Unless they rebuild. The last exorcist guy, because he has a, a bomb on, in number six, too, doesn't he? Well, I don't think he's taking it out of the park. I think he's going to be the one to deliver the information through the... Um... Oh, to the, the saddle. But they can't go to the same location because they're going to be... Everybody knows about it now because there was a there was a, a death there. Well, maybe there's a backup location. There has to be. Yeah. It, it'll be curious where they go. But either way, Charlotte's a moron, too. I mean, I mean, she, I mean she's freaking out of, just out of high school, for Christ's sakes. So Everybody know. in the show is an idiot, and they're all going to die. Let's wrap this up. That's what I'm thinking, Eric. Uh, this episode, got, even though it was a good episode, it made me say, everybody's stupid, and everybody I dislike. Or one or the other, or both. So I don't, I don't know what, what, where I'm going to go with with my, my rooting, I guess, because I have to root for somebody. And I, and I'm, I sure t- I'm Team Maeve. I'm still going with Ford. I still because it's Anthony Hopkins. But Maeve's all right, even though she did something bad that made me get pissed when she. Actually, I want Sylvester to win everything because he's the only logical person in the whole. Fucking... Oh fuck that guy! He's but he's right. Ass. But he's, he's right. a douchebag. But he's smart. He knows. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's a, a douchebag. Well, I don't know if he's. A... Is he really a douchebag? Because it's just a robot. Absolutely. Well, that's again. true. You know what? He killed Clementine, so you're right. I don't like him anymore. I forgot about that. If if you kill a, a good-looking woman but like Clementine, she, she, I don't like him. She's just ah, a robot. called her a woman, see? Well, you know. She, well, she, she's a good-looking actress, and if, if they remove her from the show because of Sylvester's uh, storyline... Yeah, then, whatever. Robot lover. <laughs> nonsense. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It's I, I, don't, I don't know what... I'm going to root for I, I just, I have to, I, I have to, you know what? I have to reset. Well, let's find out in two episodes what everybody's really up to. Yeah. And get a better idea as to who is, who is, a, who is a good guy, who is a bad guy, 
Oh, here, here's a good Western. I got it right here. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Or the ugly? The good, the bad, yes. and the ugly. There you go. And, we, and Clint Eastwood will suddenly appear, and they'll they'll pull out Van Cleef from from the grave because he's passed away. So, oh, and, and and Eli Wallach will be there too. He's still alive. Yep. That's right. That's right. All right. So, so uh, what we what we do know for sure, Eric, is that we at least have three more episodes of of bullets, brothels, and butts because we have two more discussion episodes and then a wrap up episode. Yes. We do know that. So, unless anybody else has anything further to say, scenes that we missed, I guess we can pretty much wrap it up. Uh, Mike, anything? Uh, no, I think, you know, I I, I think the show is building up some steam. It's I think uh, at the right time, it's getting a lot of more buzz. You're seeing a lot more talk about it on the ne- on the internet the next morning. It's either building up steam or gas. We'll find out which. Yes. At the bubbler, the or the water fountain, or whatever. What's it called, Mike? Yeah, right. The water cooler. The water cooler. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm the still, bubbler. I'm, I'm still living in the '70s. What do you want from me? The Mike? bubbler. The bubbler. Yes. <laughs> I, oh my. Okay, that's another group of people to put on my list for who goes into <laughs> camps after I take over. People who say bubbler. Well, my wife says it to me because I always say the channel changer, and she goes, "No, it's a fucking remote, you dumbass." Well, she doesn't well, say Ed, fuck. She is and absolutely she right. She doesn't say fuck or dumbass, but she says it's the remote, Phil. It's not the channel changer. I go, whatever. What do you want from me? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm this technology stuff is bothering me. I, I'm still looking at these robots as robots, not entities or individuals. I don't know what's going on. All right, well, well, you gotta, you gotta save me here, Eric. Wrap this up. <laughs> I don't know if I could save you. Um, all right. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I apologize for my voice. Hopefully I'll be a little bit better next week. Come back. We'll talk about episode number nine. There is a house in New Orleans. It's way.